a full episode you can just look at me like this one you look cute two i thought we're supposed to stare at each other oh oh here we go free range american with morgan zeggers i told you you can't stare at me like that through this episode. <laughs> but i'm just trying to give People you proper eye contact for an episode 60 minutes of you flirting i'm not flirting i'm respecting you with eye contact as the host of the show hi who are you I'm uh, Jared's girlfriend. Oh, oh, right in the camera, right in the lens. Jared Taylor's oh. girlfriend. Hi. And, uh, you know. From no, New, I don't. From New York. <laughs> yes. Where this, this is your introduction. You got to get mm. the whole story. Mm. You know, New York, a communist state. Yeah, I communist lived in. Communist state with a lot of horrible politicians. Yeah, no, I grew up with that. I was raised and my whole experience in high school, I wasn't really political, but I saw headline after headline of every Cuomo friend that was being sent to jail for pay to play. So that was a really big thing over the last 10 years. Basically like groups were funneling money to his campaigns and uh, then his friends would get given government money to start um, like business environments in different cities that they wanted to boost production in and stuff. So he was basically just funneling pay to play. You know, you pay candidates so why to play then what's the disconnect why are are so many of your peers the opposite why don't they see that as wrong why is freaking 85 percent of women in colleges so left liberal mm, i i think the bigger problem in terms of the general transition of young americans supporting socialism and and leftist ideology at such a crazy rate is more so that we haven't personally lived through it and so we used to be able to say, you know, we've never felt the Red Scare. We've never experienced, we, we weren't even alive when the USSR fell. I mean, like we have no experience of these situations of the 20th century. And uh, my argument now is that we have personally been impacted by socialism, communism because of COVID-19. I mean, it originated in communist China and originally they disappeared all the doctors and reporters that tried to explain to the world. But that's and, normal in China when you're a, chi- a doctor or scientist to be disappeared. Well, yeah. I mean, yeah. so all the people that tried to share that it was spread from person to person and that there was some funky stuff going around in early 2020, they were disappeared. They, you know, we haven't seen them since. And mm-hmm. all of that transpired and, and look at the impact it's had on young Americans. This is the first time we've really been impacted by the left. And so I hope that we can learn that lesson, of course. Well, I've often, I've often said that too, is Americans are inherently spoiled. We've never been occupied. War has never been on our soil. Sands, Pearl Harbor, that was just a, a peak yeah. for a, a little bit of people. But again, when you, when you look at other countries' history and, and how they have come to be, it's like, even in in Europe, it was as le- as little as a current living generation experienced an occupation, experienced an evil threat that was pushing across European countries trying to to take control of them. Yeah, but we've never had that. Now our biggest problem is does Pokemon Go work? <laughs> well, like <laughs> if you look at the early stages of COVID, at first we just weren't going to school and and small businesses were being told they can't open their doors and, you know, kids were missing their graduation and their prom. Remember that was like a trend to post your dress on without you going to prom. prom Yeah. And so that was the first time they were like personally impacted, but then, you know, our our loved ones started to die. Our family, small businesses started to crumble. And, and now look at 
how terrible the state of the country is. And I hope that we can draw that important connection to people of why this is. And it's because a communist regime lied about this being spread from person to person for over a month. And people were just allowed to travel around the country, around the world, and nobody really knew. And it's because Mm. they specifically suppress the truth, hide the information from the people and continue to push out propaganda. And then no one's punished. Yeah. No one, no... No one's held accountable. Well, we'll get to that later. We're still <laughs> on really you. Deep. We got We're really on you. Into it. You live in New yes. York. Hi, Why New York? And so I was in New York. I mean, everybody in upstate New York is very conservative. Where I'm from, really? and yeah, it's it's basically like Texas, but more mountains and, and bodies a shitty of water governor. and terrible leadership. <laughs> but it is naturally more like Texas, but just colder. And uh, we do have those values. And so I came to Texas because I wanted to live out my values. And what really, you know set me off was living in New York during COVID-19. I couldn't take it anymore. And so uh, in the summer, I started looking at places to move and I was looking at Florida, Nashville, Texas, like every person trying to escape a blue state. And then I had the speech in Texas and you convinced me to cancel my well, flight. And- skipping a lot of <laughs> yes, steps there. I don't, I don't know how much when you did go you detail. leave New York for the first time and what did you go do? For the first time? Well, I don't I meant, know, babe. Like you went to college. Oh, yeah. Where? I went to D.C. I went to American University for school. Washington, D.C. Yeah. Not so, another good place for no. your frame of thought. What was it like <laughs> in the student body there? Where, did you get things thrown at you? I think it's so funny. I didn't know what to expect with this interview. So I didn't know what we were going to do, but we're actually like talking about me. It's quite interesting. Oh, wow. I didn't know. Um, So I'm like, oh, I mean, if you want to know. They don't know you. I know you. uh, I went to American University. My dad's a colonel. And so his service. In the army. Yeah. In the army. And now he's in the reserves. But when he served, it got my family a lot of GI Bill. And so I did not want to pay for a lot of college. I think it's a scam if we're being honest. And I think so, college is a scam as well. And so I just looked for the place that would help us out and be the most, you know, veteran family friendly. And American does that. So I try and let, you know, students in military families know about this, that American basically covers whatever the GI Bill doesn't cover, or at least they try to. And so they're very helpful in that way. And I'll give them credit. But at the same time, American is also a 90% liberal school. And I don't 90%? have problems with liberals, but 90% is a little <laughs> much. And it's like self-identifying liberal. So not just leaning left. It's like straight up, I'm a lib. I'm on the left. And that was real shakeup for me. I'm from upstate New York where it's just country bumpkin land. I mean, there's more cows than people in my I, county. I, I don't know. And you I might to be DC. able to explain this better. What are they proud of? If you're, right. if you're yelling, you're a liberal, you're the left. What are you proud of other well, than like a bunch of bullshit? Well, now we're going to get into it, but there's a huge difference, baby, between a leftist <laughs> and a liberal okay. and liberals very well intentioned. You know, they want to help others. They want to fix this healthcare situation. They want to fix the cost of college. They want to make things affordable. They believe everybody deserves and has a right. That's the thing. They believe everybody has a right to it. And so they want the government to provide it. Um, Gee, I'm a, just, I'm telling a slippery you, yes. slope there. You a asked. right, a right, a right. You keep saying a right. All these things you're listing is things that yeah. you have to earn. Well, <laughs> the problem is that like things with healthcare, it's a service. And so are you declaring that the government must provide something that's a service? And so you're either going to have to force somebody to provide that service or you're going to have to figure out how to, to pay them to do it. And it's, it creates that's a this slope where terrible we don't cycle. get good. Bad healthcare. Yeah. We wouldn't uh, get good service. People dying. But um, I would say people, liberals are very well-intentioned. They want to help others. And then my problem is with the leftists. And this is where we really need to be able to draw so the line. Two, we're talking about two separate things. Liberals and Liberals leftists. Liberals and a leftist. Yes. And okay. so we're drawing a line. My whole f- frustration. Didn't know those were different. My whole frustration with conservatives and with people that are, you know, more 
Americana, I guess we could say, and more in the middle, common sense, if we're going to put it like that, uh, they group liberals and leftists together and they make fun of liberals, you know, for supporting AOC, for supporting socialism. When in reality, they have no idea what socialism is, what leftism is, what it means to actually seize the means of production, nationalize an industry. Whereas leftists, they are true ideologues. They believe in Marxism. They do want to seize the means of production. They want the government to control the economy. They believe that that's how we're going to achieve mass equality, mass equity. And so when you have 70%, here are the the numbers, 70% of young Americans would currently vote for a socialist. That's according to a 2020 poll from YouGov and Victims of Communism. 56% of my generation would choose socialism over capitalism. When you look at those numbers, I highly doubt 70% of my generation actually understands or knows what it means to seize the means of production. I doubt 5% know. Well, yeah, it's, it's a very <laughs> slim number. And so those people are well-intentioned, but lied to ignorant and naive liberals yeah. that think that leftist policies will help. They have no idea what they're talking about. Whoa, what we have to talk about though, is the leftists that are truly flat earthers of economics. And they think if we try flat it again- Flat earthers of economics, <laughs> expand. If- They actually have looked at the two dozen or so examples of socialism trying to be implemented in a country and then leading to the destruction of that country. They look at that and they say, but if we just did it one more time, but a little bit different, it might be different and better and it will work. And this will work in America this time. It'll be different here. They're flat earthers of economics. There's no getting to these people. That's a leftist. They actually believe their ideas are going to work and it's not going to happen. They're lying to the liberals. They're lying to the well-intentioned people of America. And that's why I think at the end of the day, it's the conservatives, liberals, Republicans, Democrats. If we get back onto that base of capitalism and classical liberalism that we've always been about for centuries in our country, we're going to be able to understand that there is this radical group of leftists on the rise. We're going to be able to look at them, call them flat earthers, tell them to shut the F up and send them on their way because right now we're falling for it so hard and it's because we lack a a deep understanding of just basic history, economics, policy. A common thing with both of them, because I've seen from liberals too, Mm -hmm. like you said, they have good intentions, but no fix. It's, oh, we should, everyone should have healthcare. Okay, how do you you achieve that? Well, I don't know. Yeah, well, they want the government (laughs) to provide it. I thought it was interesting. I don't know if you've read Sololinsky's Rules for Radicals, but it's basically like a, a how-to book for how to create a I'm leftist movement. I'm wearing shades of camo. Do you think I've read anything? I would hope you have, hon. <laughs> uh, I, I would really hope so. And I, have, I can tell you who Dale Earnhardt Jr. is. <laughs> I think highly of you, so I thought maybe you did. And I have seen your bookshelf. You have books. Um, <laughs> you have books. Shut up. You're not lying to the internet again about you being stupid. <laughs> yeah, you do that often, actually. You kind of downplay yourself. So? Really, you're like a secretly amazing businessman. People like dumb people that are funny. Um, I think you set your bar too low, but back to the point, there's a book called Rules for Radicals by Saul Alinsky. He, I mean, Hillary Clinton, Obama, they call themselves, you know, Alinskyites or whatever it's called. And it's how to become a community organizer. Maybe you've heard AOC or Obama. Obama or was they a community call themselves organizer. Community organizer. Yeah. What the heck is that? It's, it's just saying, I don't have a job. I just create a lot of destruction and chaos in my community and I do it to protest and gain political power. That's a community organizer. It's a nicer Makes way sense. of saying, I don't have a job or work. I just am a political rallier. Um, but The book talks about how, and it's really what the left is today. It's create a movement of people that can just get mad about anything. They aren't focused on one specific subject because for example, like abortion, say you're like pro-choice and you're super into it. If your movement only cares about that, they're going to get a little bored. 
It's, it's not as fun after two years, you know, what's the win? And so you have to create a movement that can literally on the flip of a switch, be mad about abortion problems and then switch to the next week about transgender issues and pronouns, and then switch to the next week about the crisis at the border saying well, that Trump's is, uh, creating yeah. concentration camps. I, and this is where they I say- can absolutely flip on a switch to be infuriated as if the world's going to end. Yeah. And Alinsky says, this is how you create a never ending, very strong political movement. And I think well, that's, that's what I, the left is today. I always say my- my motto is everyone's full of shit. Like, because again, like I, I will admit I have zero opinions on abortion because I've never had to, I've never had to experience it. So why do I need to run and gun with a sign or anything and say this, this is how this should be. It comes down to me telling other people to do again, like fuck off. Everybody needs to fuck off. Like you have no right to tell me what I'm allowed to do. You can't sit there and back on, well, my religion says that. Well, if I'm not your religion, then who the fuck cares? (laughs) And that's something, I don't want to get too into it, but with the pro-life stuff, I mean, it's not that they're trying to dictate what you're doing. It's there's a life inside and and people are stopping a heartbeat of a child. So I'm not going to get into it, but that's, you're ending on a heartbeat, which is, you know, quite, quite a serious thing to do, quite violent. And well, so all this (laughs) that you're saying, how did you see this? at Washington University or American American University. I went to DC. American was 90% liberal. And uh, I mean, I saw some wild stuff. And this is something too, a lot of people look at socialism and they think it's communism. They think it's Marxism. They think it's just, you know, everything that's bad about the left and they don't understand the definitions. Socialism is the economic step. And so it's the seizing of the means of production. The government takes over industry, business, the economy. That is the economic step because once the government has economic and financial power over the people, there's no stopping them from dictating what we do. I mean, look at, for example, the airlines requiring us to wear masks. We need to travel nationally using a plane or we're going to drive 20 hours to our location. So I we did com- a lot of that driving though. So we comply. Well, yeah, you did it. But like, so we comply and we say, okay, we need to use your service. We need to get this product, whatever it is. And so we will comply with this. With that, it's it's a mask. And so you can say, you know, that's it's not a big hit to me, but think of it on a grander scale where in socialist and communist countries, what they'll say is we control your healthcare. We control your pension. We are your employer. We control every aspect that you need. I mean, we tell you what hour you're allowed to go to the grocery store. Everybody's given an hour that they're allowed to show up at the grocery store and pick that was for a food big a big shock to people when I had Zoltan on yeah. that grew up in uh, Croatia, I believe, yeah. and he was like, "When you wanted to buy a car, you had to tell the government that you wanted to buy a car, mm-hmm. and they would take your money for the car. The cost it was a flat rate, and then between one and six months, you would just get a car." You didn't get to pick what kind, what no. color, what anything. They just, are the provider here's your of car. that product. And then you're allotted a certain amount of gasoline every month. Mm-hmm. People in this country don't understand that. They don't, yeah. they can't comprehend that. Yeah. They mm-hmm. don't, they don't get it. <laughs> and, and so with those countries, when the government provides all those, you know, very necessary items and services, they're able to say, now the election is in one month. We provide you everything that you need and you get everything with your government ID card. Just know we're going to know what you do when you show up. And they don't have to specifically say it. And there's groups like the Washington Post, you know, left-leaning for sure. But even they admit that in countries like Cuba and Venezuela, the government doesn't have to necessarily say, we're going to know who you voted for. But what they do is they say stuff like, we'll know if you showed up at the polls. Like, we'll know if you came because 
the assumption is that you're going to vote for us. And so technically people can say that Venezuela is a democracy or, or Cuba has, you know, they elect their leaders. There's only one person that's at the poll that they're allowed to vote for. And if you vote for anyone else, your head's on the chopping block, almost literally. I mean, you could be sent to, <laughs> to prison. So it's that use of economic and financial control to get desired behavior and action. That's that. Um, but but how did you see this at American? At American. And so that is just the element of socialism. But what you see on college campuses is another aspect of leftism and that's totalitarianism. So the elimination, the removal of political disagreements, political opposition in speech, in positions of power, not allowed. in every aspect. They and are it is so wild. loud at removing any Republican organization, conservative organization. Yeah. They shouldn't be allowed on campus. That is their first move. Yeah. You're not allowed to talk. And so I'm a contributor to Turning shit. Point USA and and I can't tell you how many times they'll just apply for group status. They're a group that believes in capitalism, limited government. That's you know their mission, their motto. And they will try and apply for just status on campus and they will be sent on months and months long of this process of proving to the people on the board that they aren't Nazis or what, whatever accusations being thrown at them. And so just to, for us to exist, for conservative groups to exist on campus is a, a mess. But when I was at American, I experienced the weirdest stuff, honey. Like when I was, uh, one of the things they wanted was a segregated cafe on campus where white people really? wouldn't be allowed. And so what they decided- <laughs> uh, actually, this That's is not racist. There was a group called The Darkening. So you know how Black Lives Matter, they come around every election season, that's all. And so they were very prominent in 2016 when I was on campus. Sorry to bring up the age <laughs> difference there. But in 2016, I was <sighs> on a college campus. Um, I think I was a sophomore. <laughs> and, um, and um, the darkening was the Black Lives Matter group on campus and they wanted to segregate a cafe. And so they decided to block the parking garage exit and entrance and just scream at the top of their lungs and not let anybody in or out to leave to get home after a long day of classes or to get in for night classes. People that had just got out of work and now have to go to night classes. It was just the, the worst disturbance. I hate stopping traffic. I think it's so incredibly ridiculous. But they did that for a segregated cafe and they demanded that the administration come out. And it was just wild to see. And another time I went to a conservative event and the darkening surrounded me. And it was one of the freakiest Who things. Was that for? Uh, it was for Milo actually. <laughs> so you knew that, didn't you? Yes. So Milo. Me and Milo have a history. Well, this is an example. These days we get, we see people that get angry at like Chaz and Chop. They got mad that reporters were recording them and documenting it saying, do you think this is funny? Like this is our fight for justice and equity. Like, do you think that it's funny to film us and put us public? Yes, the people deserve to see what you're, what doing, you're doing here. And so I being naive and being from upstate New York, I remember Milo Yiannopoulos came when I was a freshman and I went, it was like my first Milo. event. And he, honey, he's a little controversial, let's be honest. I mean, he, I remember seeing that he was gonna speak. A little delicious. I remember seeing he was going to speak and I was like, who's this guy? So I look it up and I see this video of him explaining that women and colleges are conspiring together to make tests easier for women and harder for men. And that's why women are in college more and succeeding more in the statistics. And I'm like, this guy doesn't actually believe this, right? Like I want to see him say it. And so that's why I went. I wasn't like a Milo fan. I wanted to see him say some of the really ridiculous stuff that he apparently says at events and, you know, hear him actually say it to our faces. So I went and after I was, as I was entering the event, actually, I did a Snapchat scan of the crowd. Cause it was my first protest and people were pissed that he was there. And so they were freaking out. 
screaming, trying to get him removed from campus. And I just did a scan of the crowd on my Snapchat phone and put it on my Snapchat story to like the 30 friends on Snapchat that I had. And I went into the event and as I was leaving, it was dark out that night and I was heading to my freshman dorm and the darkening, like 15 people surrounded me. And they said, we saw you filming us earlier. Did you think that was funny? Do you think it's okay to film our struggles and put it online for people to see? Yes. And I was yes, like- Yes, I do. Yes, I uh, do think that's funny. And it's crazy because it was a foreshadowing of what was to come. These yeah. people don't want to be documented. They want to operate in the shadows. They operate on fear. And it's that element of totalitarianism where, I mean, the Wichita State thing was insane to me. But uh, for them, when those darkening, when that darkening group came, they were like, you evil little Trump supporting, like blah, blah, blah. And they're throwing all these accusations Trump, at me. You get called a mega, a mega cultist or a Trump's yeah. Trumpy. But what's funny is at the time it was like March or so. It wasn't, I, or maybe it was like spring 2016. So I technically hadn't voted for Trump yet, but I was planning to because it wasn't election time yet. And so they were like, you evil Trump supporter. Blah, blah, blah. And I looked at them and I was in like a little white sundress and white matching heels. And I was like, I'm not a Trump supporter, Mm -mm, like not me. And it was because I was too much of a wuss at the time to admit it. And so I was like, not me, like technically wasn't yet, but I was going to be in six months. You guys helped make me one. (laughs) No, it was was nice. And then you were with me through this for Wichita State where- We'll get to that. We're not out of college yet. You're skipping too far I didn't know we were doing a life story of Morgan Zeggers. Well, yeah, let's go to your roommate. Oh, uh, so I had a college roommate that was a communist. how- yeah. People are in colleges right now. The, oh. the, the youngest and dumbest people <laughs> I didn't get a out there that on have this. no life experience have the most opinions, it seems. Mm. <laughs> so um, I had all those crazy experiences in college. And one of the other ones, actually, a professor taught a lesson on why people are Republican. And it was for a, I don't know, like a justice class or whatever, and or political research. And he was like, what are some assumptions and stereotypes we can fairly make? And he was like, why do people in the South vote Republican? One, because it's by the border and they don't like immigrants. And two, because of race. And that was his lesson. And he was like, okay, next lesson. And I had just a week before said I was Republican to him. And so I was, that was the one time where I just like, closed my binder and just left the class because I was like, this is just a bunch of crap. I'm not learning anything here. College is a scam for anybody who's curious. Um, Full of shit. But my last year at school, I moved into a house with some girls and people at American, you know, very liberal, but man, I didn't know some of the girls I was moving into the house with. And so I went and introduced myself room by room and I was living in the attic. Very cool. Yeah. Thanks, honey. Uh, And so I got to the girl in the basement and- I was looking at her wall and we're getting along. We're like talking back and forth. And then I'm looking at her wall, like, uh, uh, I'm like trying to look at her, but then I'm getting distracted by what I'm seeing. And I couldn't exactly tell what was drawing my attention when I realized it was Mao Zedong, Lenin, Stalin, Karl Marx, and Fidel Castro. And those aren't, you know, celebrate uh, any of those men. They're not really, you know, worthy of celebration exactly it's they're some of history's most deadly mass murderers and dictators oh yeah and so i looked at it and the poster even worse was them holding these fruity cocktail drinks and party hats on their head that said welcome to the party and again these are mass murderers and dictators you can't deny that in any way and so i was like hey uh what's what's that (laughs) what what is that and she looked at me with the biggest smile on her face and she said oh i'm a communist and I just, I didn't know what to say. And I, I was really disappointed. Have you ever heard of mass graves? 
<laughs> well, for me, that's where you're going. What I was disappointed in and what inspired what I do now. I mean, I run a group called Young Americans Against Socialism and we make videos on history, economics, policy. I really started it because when I was in that moment confronted by a girl with mass murderers and dictators on her wall and she's saying she's a communist, I thought I was a little Miss Americana. I mean, my dad's in the military and I'm going to American University in Washington, D.C. and I'm going to work at the USO after I graduate. Like that oh was my, my plan. Oh my God, what yeah. a dream. Yeah, I was, you know, I was just making it. So I was really disappointed in myself for not knowing what the heck to say. After she said that to me, I just said, oh, okay. I lacked the intellectual ammunition to really have a conversation with her and fight back against what she was saying. And she was a classic person saying it would bring justice, progress, fight poverty, empower the working class, all that classic lingo. And I, I realized there's Has so she many ever people- been to Russia? No. So, fight poverty. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's, that's the thing. I realized that so many people probably like you and me are going to, as we enter the future and leftism is on the rise, we're going to keep being confronted by these conversations of people that support deadly ideologies, deadly practices, and then tell us that it's going to bring peace, justice, equality, all the good utopian kind of words. No, that's and, we're not not gonna, yeah, and we're Come not going to know what to say. Adopt us. And then yeah. once it is, it's yeah, I mean, it's the, it's the exact same thing that's happened in every country that's turned a, left, a leftist regime. But I, I just wanted to help people understand what they can say back and, and how to enter those conversations more confidently. So I, I'm glad that that moment happened. But I mean, I don't she, think we're ever going to change her think mind. she's ever heard your New Year's speeches? You bring her up Oh, yeah, she's, she's very kind. I mean, like, that's the thing. And what I say in my speeches a lot is that she's a very sweet girl. That's the thing. There's a difference between the leftists mm, that tell nice, me I'm going to go to the guillotine and then my communist roommate. Like, my communist roommate, <laughs> she was so sweet. She took me to get my nails done. I've never done that. It was $60, by the way. And I was like, you know, you can't get $60 manicures in communist places. Like that's not a thing. And she would do it every two weeks. I was shocked by it, but she was very sweet and we would talk. And uh, that was what really clued me into the fact that so many people are just well-intentioned, naive and ignorant and would probably be on our but side if they understood how get. we could like, truly achieve progress. Like why are they progress. so hard about their opinions yet never bothered to educate themselves on what they actually mean? I, I, I would say the general problem is that our middle schools and high schools are missing crucial education and curriculum and civics, government, policy, economics, history. And that general, very general ignorance that's created at those early stages is pushed further when they get to college, which makes it 10 times worse because they can't fight back against their professors who are completely lying to them. The mainstream media pushes propaganda. I mean, they were pushing Chinese communist propaganda in early stages of COVID and calling us racist for wanting to close travel from China. So it was, that was set up by the CCP to say that we were racist for no, cutting off that travel lately. from them. Yeah. They are using our wokeness against us and they think it's hilarious, but they, the media pushes it. You have Hollywood and, stupid. You have Hollywood and pop culture pushing it as well. And then I would also say it's, it all goes back to not the dinner table, but more so the core family. I mean, how dumb were we to have assumed as conservatives and as individual Americans that we should trust the government to pass down crucial understandings of history and economics to our children and values to our children when we should have been doing it ourselves. We never should have relied on public school or government school is what it really is. So it's it's all a combination of things and moving forward to fix it is really a multifaceted approach. Hmm. Hmm. Quite interesting. Yeah. So college was full of leftists. Yes, but it was a great experience. <laughs> well, it sounds like your professors were that crazy too. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Like, 
How do you teach a lesson? People are Republican because they're white and they hate immigrants. Yes. What? Well, yeah, I mean, and it also, it took away my faith in the system and my faith in the education system. I learned so much more after college when I started to realize that I could just teach myself and learn and you don't have to pay $1,400 per credit hour to take a required painting class to graduate with an economics degree. All of the college system is such a scam <laughs> and we could do a whole episode on that. Hun, keep going. No, it's part of the problem is these gen ed curriculum requirements. And so- No, it's full of shit. Yeah. You don't need those. It's preventing you from graduating a year you early. Need painting? Yeah. To have a degree in fucking political economics? No. And so <laughs> what they teach you, they push that they're trying to create well-rounded students. Oh, I'll yes, become well-rounded by taking well a $100 painting class Hello. on my own outside of classes. I'm I don't want to be paying that much for it. here to work in your company, but I need to have a painting break no, every day. Well, what they say <laughs> is that it's, it's creating well-rounded individuals. And in reality, we can have hobbies and activities and paint and poetry and all these things in our lives, but we don't have to be forced or we shouldn't have to be forced to get a college degree where we're just supposed to be going to get skills for our future careers to graduate. It's, it's really a scam. in college. Yeah. Most people don't understand volleyball. and they do that kind of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I got credits yeah. to play volleyball. Imagine if we didn't have to do that and you had space to use those credits for a class that would have equipped you better Imagine for your if career teachers field. had to teach the curriculum and not their ideology. Yeah. Well, hmm, I was, I was just, might be just different, huh? so I do these young freedom leaders calls with Heritage Foundation. Do you know them? Heritage Foundation is like one of the biggest think tank organizations in D.C. for the conservatives. Lots of money, lots of people, huge facility in D.C. And they basically provide any policy analysis you need and so many other services. It's really awesome. But they've taken us kind of under their wing, my nonprofit. And now we do the these quarterly calls with them. And this one was about the critical race theory that's going on in schools. Which DeSantis banned. Yeah. So the problem now though, is that when conservatives, I absolutely don't agree with critical race theory, but we're seeing states and conservatives in states have a knee jerk reaction to say, let's ban it from schools. And if you think about it, we're trying to get rid of critical race theory because it teaches totalitarianism. It teaches eliminating opposing thought and, and really just classical liberalism from our nation. Do that. Yes. Wasn't, didn't he <laughs> like kill everybody w- that was like smart? Yeah. Wrong thinkers, wrong thinkers, <laughs> the people Anybody that, are that, so... was a, that was, that was, that was educated and smart. He just took out. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. And so the problem though, <laughs> is that now to fight back, conservatives have to be smarter. They can't just say, let's, let's ban this curriculum from schools. Instead, we have to think more so about, okay, we need to prevent teachers from saying you're going to get extra credit or you're going to get uh, bonus points by going and lobbying or going and doing this political action in favor of this curriculum. So oh, yeah. I think obviously all curriculum in it should include opposing viewpoints and difficult to discuss topics like critical race theory. We should be teaching it so that we have an understanding of it. But what teachers are doing is stuff like taking it into the real world and giving people extra credit or saying, I encourage all of you to go to this this rally in the next weekend to lobby for this legislation that will push this leftist ideology or leftist policy. And so we have to make sure that that kind of stuff is removed instead of necessarily banning a discussion in the classroom. And we have to kind of tiptoe because that's a violation of really our rights and you can't do that. And it's going to be removed once it gets taken to court. Well, I mean, there there's also another deep rooted problem in all of this in the, the fact that, well, you, you were bringing it up earlier. I want to say this week, like, hasn't there been like four or five reports in the last week of teachers just doing bat shit 
crazy stuff. Like, wasn't it like three days ago, uh, like uh, a seventh grade teacher or something asked every, all their students to define their sexuality? Oh yeah. Uh, there's a, <laughs> a school in Illinois. This is just disturbing. A school in Illinois is asking not just high schoolers, but middle schoolers. I mean, 11 year olds pretty much to in a, a list define their sexuality. And so it's asking like, are you pansexual? Just all the different, you know, all, I don't even know the words really to and keep up with And when you're that it. age, you're just going to pick whatever's going to no. be the coolest. It was a list though. <laughs> it was a list of like eight words. And the problem isn't necessarily like the fact that they have eight words on the list. It's just more so it's not a topic you need to be asking 11 year olds. Uh, it was completely inappropriate and it over-sexualizes our children at such a young age. I mean, it's I it's disturbing. Say, I remember sex ed in eighth grade. And I remember the teacher saying, you can like, if you're a guy, you can like guys or you can like girls. If you're a girl, you can like guys or you can like girls. And then we, we moved on. Yeah. Like the that was it. But the, <laughs> but the sexualization of children that are incredibly prepubescent is disturbing. And it's, it's nowhere near good. It's going to have a terrible impact on their mental health. And on top of that, I mean, the COVID impact on our students has been it's insane. Fine. Like the, the depression level. to school. I, I love the what? fact that you're <laughs> ever. That's what Katie and I talk about because the most. Because I'm never, ever, like, yeah. I don't want, because I know I'll be burning the school down at some point. Yeah. Like, I will be in that room arguing with a principal and a teacher saying, you are yeah. so fucked up. Like, great, we're lighting this place on fire. Yeah. You can stay in here. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's, like, that's the thing. I, Your children are the most important thing in the world. Like, ki our kids are so important and we work so hard to make our children into the best it's citizens and individuals they can possibly be. And then we send them to school and then at 11 years old, they're asked if they're pansexual or whatever Ugh. word the left comes up with this week. And it's just really disturbing. And, and so people ask me what- question being asked to Charlotte? Like <laughs> She would have funny answers or Lux too. But, oh God, yeah. God. <laughs> <laughs> um, but at the end of the day, people ask like, what can I do? That's when I get off of a stage and like do speaking and stuff, it's parents. It's always parents asking what the heck can they do these days? And I say, if you have the capability, then take your child out of government school, find a way. And so this is another thing. The left is trying to remove the ability for us to get our kids out of, of public school. They're making homeschool as difficult as possible with terms of restrictions and requirements and regulation. They're making it very which hard is, to get charter schools, Which is the opposite schools. because public schools cater to the dumbest kid. Yeah. Like pulling them out. Charlotte's reading at a, at a grade level, four grades above her. Mm -hmm. Like, it's like, because, I mean, I felt it too. I was bored. It was going way too slow for me. Mm -hmm. Wait, what? This is all we have to, you know, when you only have to achieve this out of the whole year and you have to stretch that whole year to mm -hmm. that. It's like, fuck that. It's a, it's a government <laughs> program. I mean, when has government worked efficiently? It's like sending your child to the, I don't know, the DMV version of education. And it's, that's not good. Yeah. Like the, the Sorry, post take office, a number. Uh, we hit the post office. We We're hate anything two. the government runs. And then we just like send our kids off to school. Like, hey, see you in eight hours. Like yeah. it, school starts at six, like it's 730. It's insane. Yeah. So I would just say, like, I always encourage people to get their kids out of government school, monitor school boards. If you want to get more involved, like don't consider running for some higher office just because it seems cooler. Seriously consider running for school board. Because if you look at the numbers, I think in June, 2020, 4,500 schools taught critical race theory or the 1619 project in America. 4,500 schools. 1619 project is and just usually insane. Explain that real quick. 
Well, so usually what's done to get that program put in schools is through the, the school board. And so that's really just run by the parents. Like if a couple parents run and you can have leftists that run, it's a nonpartisan seat too. So you don't have to run and say like, I'm a leftist, I'm a Democrat. You can't really get involved in the party stuff when you run for that. So you have to do a lot of digging in terms of what the values of the candidates are. And I encourage people to do that in their communities, even if their kid doesn't go to public school. It's more so to protect the minds of the young community in your in your area. But the 1619 Project, I mean, that is all about the distortion of history, the elimination of history that doesn't work in their favor. And what's most disturbing, they teach the core principle that America wasn't founded, uh, you know, for the concept of we shouldn't be governed by a king, we shouldn't be ruled, we shouldn't be forced to be taxed at these insane levels for some other country. Instead, we should be free. And now the 1619 Project is teaching it that England wanted to get rid of slavery in America and we wanted to keep it here. And so we decided to fight an American revolution to be able to keep slavery here. Now, if you teach that, of course, you're going to have a generation of children that are raised on the idea that our country's racist, as they're starting to say now. And they're going to say that we're systemically racist. They're going to be able to push this talking point. And it's so divisive. And now I'm getting into this thing of Marxism, baby. Marxism is when you split the working class versus the owning class. And hopefully you get the, the workers of the world to rise up and unite against the evil rich people, right? What we have in America is not only Marxism, but cultural Marxism. And so they're trying to divide us on race. They're trying to divide us on all the the identities that the woke left has created these days of sexuality, gender, uh, race, religion, all those things. And it's specifically intended to divide us. And so people say I'm a psychopath or I'm a McCarthy for trying to call this stuff out. When in reality, Black Lives Matter is the most popular political group in the world these days. And their founders identify as self-trained Marxists. And trained We're buying Marxists, really nice houses right now, by the way. They buy millions of dollars worth of houses. And I don't know if you saw this. This drew, oh, it drove me wild, hun. The Black Lives Matter founder, a video just surfaced of her talking about her book that she wrote. I think in like 2006, there's video footage of her. And she's saying, yeah, I was just talking to this nice young boy and he was looking at my book and he said, it reminded me of Mao's Little Red Book. Do you know that book? That's the book that he used for the cultural revolution that killed like 55 million people in China, not even like six decades ago. And so the Black Lives Matter founder, the same one who bought all those houses just now, her name's Patrice, Patrice, damn Patrice. Patrice buys millions of dollars of houses and is proud to say that her book was compared to Mao's Little Red Book, which is like the deadliest book in history. One of, I don't want to get anybody mad, but one of. That's what we're dealing with. And then you look on things like TikTok and yeah, but like- no all one cares. Of, well, you look they on just TikTok, want the BLM. All the really hey, popular girls have I'm the little B, fist. I'm on BLM. Everybody like, has the Black Lives Matter like fist. An and I just feel like a psycho because I can see the connections. They're calling themselves Marxists. And then all the dumb little girls on Instagram and TikTok have these no, fists in their a, profiles. It's become a thing to fit in. It's just like all my friends in the military that moved to Hollywood to try and make it in Hollywood. They've yeah. all become fucking retards. Like, don't say that. <laughs> oh, try. Yeah. Oh, I can because it's still a thing. There, there is um, retard means slow. <laughs> that let's, is a fact. Let's, let's move to the next. Listen, you were not around for a carbureted car. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know where you go with this. Timing. You can retard the timing. I know. Slow I down know. the timing. I know. You're not taking my word away from me. I don't okay. care. Okay, we're gonna. <laughs> <laughs> but that's it. They all. I know I've known a lot of them for a lot of years. I know how they think. I know what their true person is. And online, they are full of shit because they have completely conformed 
to the town because it'll it'll get them. It's they're they're one of them. Yeah. That means they can keep working. It's necessary. rather than and you've sold yourself out. You now you now don't exist anymore. Yeah. If you if you if you just went along because yeah. you gotta you gotta do you gotta have your your profile picture with your mask on and your and your your BLM sign and everything like okay now I'm good now I'll get hired in Hollywood thank yeah. God I have those two things if you commit wrong think oh no oh no and so do you remember the black squares on Instagram oh, yeah. so I woke up yeah. one morning and I took this picture I think this was what I posted that day it was like a selfie or something it was me in like a Tucker Carlson shirt and I'm just in like a little mini skirt so it wasn't anything you know scantily clad no, it was not. Uh, it was just a skirt. But I'm just saying it was more of like a, a fluffy picture than like a really smart one. And um, I posted it and then I get all these people DMing me. And I've never had this before. They're all DMing me saying, why would you post that? Like you're supposed to be posting a black square. And you, I remember you know sitting what? like, what? And then I started looking and everybody was posting it that morning. And I'm yeah. like, did I miss a group chat text? Like, did I, something did I miss something? Was there a memo? I'll show but you. everybody started doing it. And it was just this like group think you must do this all of a sudden. When we got no warning, all of a sudden it just became the thing to no, do. No, you had to. Or, and, and, and I was you like, know no, I don't think I'm going to post it. I'm going to wait and see. And then what do you know? It's a Black Lives Matter this thing. Is a, and that's the difference is, is if you have the right audience, you're okay. Because I posted this, which... Uh, Looks like that, as you can see on camera. I'm getting to the right <laughs> angle. And it said, without PVS 14s, this photo was black. So without an image. <laughs> oh, that's very smart. Everybody. You're very cute. And everybody funny. liked that. I like that. That was good. Yeah. But in general, I mean, like when we see stuff like that, it's this concept that you must Obey. not commit you, you, wrong yeah, think in order have. to succeed and in society. Now you have to all jump on board with our social movement. Yeah. That's what yeah. I said. They're all fucking full of shit. Yeah. Everybody's full of shit. Well, and like when I, like I run Young Americans Against Socialism, but I'm so- Which is a nonprofit. It's a nonprofit. It's a nonprofit that you created. Yes. We okay. make educational videos. Educational About videos. history, economics, policy. About real history, not the fake kind. Yeah. So real okay. history. Just helping people understand the issues better. But um, I care about this. I care about the economics of it. And there are so many other things that have to happen in a country before they really, you know, start to crumble in- be taken over by the left. And what's so concerning to me, I say this all the time, but people like think I'm a psychopath. We are like 70% of the way there. I'm just being honest. Like oh, yeah. if you look at the checklist, I mean, the idea that you will be removed from participating in society and public conversations and positions of power and job positions, if you commit wrong think is such a strong part of that, of like forcing people to agree. There's the media propaganda arm. We have that in America. It is so incredibly bad. You have these social economic policies that are going to be implemented. We're not necessarily there. We still have quite a strong capitalist economy, but it's really being taken over by world corporations, which is a whole other thing. You have the elimination of rule of law. I mean, what happened in June, 2020 and beyond after the George Floyd thing, that was wild. I mean, people are not held accountable when they destroy property now. And no, it is but we're still searching for everybody from the insurrection. Oh. <laughs> the <Don't> insurrection. <laughs> there were so many fires during the insurrection. Maybe. People just wanted selfies. <laughs> yes. I mean, there was one woman that got shot and killed. Yeah, that was But bad. she also was climbing over a barricade trying to break into That's something. the whole thing. That's the whole <laughs> thing. Oh, boy. Well, there's that. There's also uh, balance of power. And so what people don't really pay attention to these days, uh, 
when countries like Venezuela were taken over by socialists, they get democratically elected into power. And then once they're into power, like Chavez was, they start changing the constitution to eliminate balance of power and checks and balances. America is the way it is right now because of the balance of power that it has. Not only with our economy where like we have capitalism so that the people have most economic and financial power, and then it's balanced with the government to really provide that check on anybody that exploits others, but the balance of power with our, our three branches, the concepts that we have, our agencies, everything, federalism, so delicate and fragile. And when we have things like the electoral college, the filibuster and our court system, our, our Supreme court, it's very delicate and it's all very specific as to why it needs to be there. The filibuster is specifically intended to prevent radical movements from gaining too much power. They're trying to increase the amount of Supreme Court justices. Yeah, they're trying, they're trying to, to get rid of the Electoral College mm-hmm. and they're trying to get rid of the filibuster. Yeah. Hmm. And, and the Electoral College Who's and filibuster- Who's guilty here for doing shady shit? Yeah, well, the Electoral College and filibuster were specifically put in there to provide that core balance, to make sure that a majority couldn't rule of like a mob rule. And then the packing of the court happened in Venezuela as well because it provides, uh, uh, it takes away a check. And so a majority that's just, placed in there when somebody gains power is able to pass whatever crazy laws they want and, and approve of them and provide constitutional matter for it. But what the, what really gets me is this filibuster. I mean, I remember this, I say that our way that we teach children about history is wrong and that we need to fix it. But I do remember learning about the filibuster. It is in there to prevent crazy people who gain a little too much power and maybe one term of Congress. And then all of a sudden they have this super majority or whatever it may be. It's intended to prevent any crazy stuff that would actually ruin the country from being passed. Yeah. And now these crazy people that are supposed to be checked by this rule are trying to get rid of that rule. And so all of the parts of our government and our country that really help us stay on the space of classical liberalism hell. and capitalism are just being disintegrated and attacked yeah. every day. It's quite sad. Wow. 75 to 85% of the way there, I would say. Whoa. How'd you meet me? <laughs> Stop it. You're not supposed to look at me like that during the show. <laughs> Sorry. What? Um, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> oh, you're so... Well, how did um, it start? So I think on my Explore page, oh, I saw thing. maybe... I, I honestly don't know this part of the story, but something came on my feed or something of the drinking bros. And I realized like, well, there's the guys behind that coffee company, Black Rifle, that Katie Pavlich, who I love. She's a Fox News contributor. I've always loved her and I admire her a lot. And she's always posted about you guys. And so that's mm-hmm. how I knew about Black Rifle. So thank you, Katie Pavlich. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that's how I knew about you guys. And when I saw that, I was like, oh, those are the guys actually behind the the coffee company and I just followed all of the people that were tagged because I was surprised that I didn't already and you were one of them and you messaged me right away and said hi. I saw it. I was at the piano right here. Yeah. And so yeah. I just didn't, I mean, it was nice to talk with you, but I didn't really take it seriously because we lived on opposite ends of the you country. You were in New York. And I then, was in Texas. And then I let you know that I was going to be in- Houston. Houston for a speech. I needed to go down there to see uh, Mr. Crenshaw anyway. Yeah. And you did. And then we went on a date. And it turned out well. <laughs> Apparently, mm. eight mm. months later. Mm. Eight months. Yeah, mm. almost. Mm, pretty good. Mm, six pretty good days. for Jared Taylor. Hey, all right. There it is. <laughs> so what do you got going on now? A lot of Newsmax stuff lately. 
Mm, yeah, I like to do the the news commentating and I always text you with questions about chords and things I feel, but I am trying to get it so that it's like really nice quality and they know that they can always come to me for not just like the basic talking points that everybody kind of spews out that just make you sound mad and angry, but instead like really oh, thoughtful you're not one of those angry evaluation and conservative commentary. girls that is just angry about everything. No, that's, what? and can I just say like, I really get frustrated when people have that assumption about conservative girls. Like if we get passionate in a video, they're like, oh, all these girls are just angry and doing it for the men and their movement or whatever. Like we get all that kind of attack. And I think that's so Normally from idiots. From, just from idiots. Idiots. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, they just don't know what they're they're talking about. They're not even from this country anyway. They're the true grifters. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But at the end of it, like every conservative girl that I've met is just so passionate, and we get our values because we believe in them, and it's not because like the men in our lives tell us what to think or any of that. Like, (laughs) and if I get mad in a video, it's because I'm truly mad and I'm I'm frustrated, and I I care about the country. I hear you yelling in the other room. (laughs) I get so nervous when I'm like recording something, and then I realize that you've been in there that whole time. (laughs) I need like my zen. To get a little feisty. Yes, no, you get feisty. Mm. Uh, no, the news mask stuff. Tell us about that. I don't know. I mean, nothing really to say. They, it's just like really fun to kind of well, see the behind the scenes. Supposedly they're kicking everybody's ass in ratings. Yeah, Newsmax really is the new news. Yeah, I mean, I was looking at CNN and they had like two point something million viewers in January, and it's gone down to low hundreds of thousands. Really? Like a two thirds drop. That's like radio. It's because my favorite evaluation of it is that it's boring people over the last, you know, Trump era were given spotlight that they aren't really deserving deserving. of. Like, and now that Trump is gone and they can't use that grift, like people are again, realizing how boring and, and ridiculous they sound when they talk. And so they just aren't interested anymore. And, or, I mean, with the way everything's going, imagine being, a CNN personality and you show up this morning and you're like, okay, what can I get everybody fired up about? Well, I can't talk much about that because that's on our side. I can't talk much about it because we want that to happen. I can't. Yeah. Uh, it's like, shit, what are we, shit, what, what are we going to say? Yeah, no, <laughs> What's I, Trump doing in Mar-a-Lago right now? <laughs> that's a, you joke, but that's like literally what they do. Are they, you serious? They care that much. I mean, they'll, they'll, report on the fact that he took pictures at someone's wedding who just got married at Mar-a-Lago. It's like, let him, let him go, let it go. (laughs) I was shocked. I mean, what a terrible business decision. They tried to get him out and they celebrated when in reality, it was the death of their industry, their Trump hating industry. It was their cash cow and they just, (laughs) they just eliminated it. I don't know. It was kind of like sawing off one of the wings of your own airplane. Oh man, this is going to be so great. (laughs) Mm. I would say in general, though, they're just horrible people. I mean, what's interesting- Don Lemon sucks. He's a piece of shit. They they really do thrive. And this is what's most important. They accuse us of what they are doing. They are always committing the terrible thing- at its- (laughs) That they they accuse us of. They are- That's what I was saying yesterday about the tweet that Biden put out about, it's simple, get a vaccine or wear a mask. It's like, you, you said right when I walk in the door- who on that PR team thought that wording was good? I'm like, I think they did it on purpose. Mm, they want know. to piss everyone off. I would say they just are that out of touch with the American people that yeah. they they can't understand. They don't understand. And that's why I like Trump in office because, you know, people hated his tweets and stuff, but I was just at um, Hayes County GOP. They did a really awesome event in, and that's the county east of us in Texas. And so they had an event with almost 800 people for the GOP county fundraiser. That's unheard of. Like I'm from New York where we have a hundred people show up to our county GOP events and that's like a big deal. 
in Texas, it's 800 people show up. And Kellyanne Conway spoke and she was just reminding us of what it was like to get direct tweets from the president. And people hated his tweets or whatever it was. But at the end of the day, I liked having that direct communication from him. And she said it so beautifully of like somebody- You who, knew it was him. Yeah, like you know you it was him. You knew it wasn't fucking- And it would be like a stay-at-home mom. Yeah, it's like a stay-at-home mom watching your kids can look at her phone and see a direct communication from the president, just as like a plumber who just finished a job is getting in his truck and is heading to the next job, can look and check and see communication from his president. And that's how I loved it so much. And now we're back to this age of like shadows of darkness. What we have with the Biden administration is this faceless bureaucracy. And that's the most dangerous thing. There's no transparency. There's no accountability. And what people are saying too, you know how he fumbles up all the numbers and the words and stuff? I honestly think that he's just doing it and they're allowing it because it helps because now he can't be held accountable for the lies because everybody's like, oh, he misspoke that first time anyways. Like we didn't know what he meant to say in the first place. Like the taxes. I mean, they started by saying, we're not going to increase taxes on working people and families and middle-class people. And they said that taxes would only go up for people making families, no, for people, individuals making over $400,000. Then they announced that that was actually for families. And so that could be two individuals making 200,000. That's a huge difference. If a family versus an individual making 400,000. And so they reduced it to now only the families. And then he comes out and he fumbles all the numbers and he does this huge announcement of how it's it's back to the individuals. There's no way to hold them accountable because nothing they make, nothing they say makes sense anymore. <laughs> it's all just this propaganda, faceless bureaucracy. We have no idea who's pulling right the strings. Now. That's it another is just, thing. It is, it is, DOD is just a fucking stepping on their dicks. It's just a mess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I, in that checklist that I discussed earlier of like what happens in a country of changing the constitution, getting rid of balance of powers. Uh, another part of that is politicizing the military, politicizing agencies. Yes, and we see that been, with the FBI, CIA, like, uh, against Trump and against the political opponents that were in on Trump's side, but also with the military. And I don't know if you feel comfortable touching on this, but when we were with your friend at Madison's wedding or before Madison's wedding, he was saying about what's missing out of um, basic, the, the the education on who can tell them what to do and who oh, can yeah, advise how they've them. just modified. They've, they're completely just stripping yeah. everything away. And, and it's so, really weird. And when we look at the numbers of like why young Americans support socialism, why we're able to be used as useful idiots these days, it's because we lack basic understanding of some of the core values of the country, some of the principles. And to know that people in basic training are now not getting a classic understanding and education of the purpose of our military, the who Department can control them, yeah. federalism, all of that kind of stuff. I thought that was really surprising and concerning because it's building on that ignorance that's already held by a majority of the population. This this ignorance that's so dangerous is now leading into the military. And I hope that we can fix that. But it seems like COVID has just streamlined that process. Yeah. I mean, we're going to see what happens in the next year or so. I mean, it seems like this shit show is now too hard to contain now because it seems like every week something new leaks. Like yeah. I saw this morning, Fauci is under fire right now for directly funding things in Wuhan or something. Is that what's oh, yeah. going on right now? Yeah, I mean, because like, it's been questionable of if money has actually been sent to Wuhan. And- now, essentially what they were saying this morning is like, watch how Fauci just disappears completely. We'll never see him on TV ever again. Good. I never want to see him again. <laughs> that son of a bitch. That's why I don't swear often, but that was important. All right. Well, you're on the front lines of this thing. Where uh, where can people help? Where can people find you? Thanks, baby. Uh, all of our educational material is on fightsocialism.org. 
And so we are a C3 nonprofit and we operate on donations. Woo wee. Uh, But we would really appreciate anybody's support. I mean, we just make educational content and I might've said it earlier, but there's the Michigan State University study that we're inspired by. And it talks about how when you're trying to communicate an opposing viewpoint to a young person or a difficult to understand concept to a young person, the best way to do it is via peer, not via parent or professor. It's the most effective way to communicate to them and help them understand deeply, not just memorize it for a test and then forget well, the next no, day. You're, if and you're so we're a young taking person, that concept. You're going to listen to your friend yeah. more than you're going to listen to somebody else. Yeah. And so we're taking that concept. It's called peer rationale, uh, peer-to-peer communication. And we're using that to teach people about history, economics, and policy. And I think it's going to be a really great way to move forward and potentially fix what's going on in the country right now. Ryan, where can they find you? Uh, Instagram, Morgan Zeggers, tagged in his page quite a lot. Maybe. But Maybe. yeah, fightsocialism.org is where you can learn all about socialism and history. It'd be great stuff. All right. Well, on the next one, we'll continue where you've left off and see how things are going. Appreciate it. (laughs) 